thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. My name is Aaron Clifford. I'm the Senior Vice President of Marketing here at Binary Fountain. So for the next hour, we're going to discuss specific ways healthcare marketers can shift their digital marketing efforts and engage customers online throughout the COVID-19 crisis. To help lead this discussion, I'm joined by Stuart Gandalf, CEO of integrated marketing firm, Healthcare Success. Stuart, you care to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm uh, excited to be here, everybody. I know, again, as Aaron just said, it's a uh, we're all busy and trying to adapt to new reality. I'm CEO of Healthcare Success, and as Aaron mentioned, we are a integrated marketing firm. We work with really kind of all kinds of healthcare entities, hospitals, practices, pharma um, plans across the board. And I'm excited to be here. I'm CEO, and um, I think it'll be fun to share some insights today. For sure. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, so glad to have you here. Really appreciate it that you joined us. Uh, before we begin, let's take a quick look about what we're going to uh, be talking about today. So uh, first, we're going to discuss strategizing your digital marketing in a way that matches the current shift in consumer behavior and what we're seeing. Uh, then we'll cover recommend, recommended adjustments to marketing budgets and brand communications in light of the health crisis. And then we'll dive into some key updates to the local listings and social, social media platforms and things that you should be looking out there and some strategies from a social media standpoint. Uh, and finally, we'll have a Q&A session. So uh, we'll be collecting the Q&A and uh, we'll make sure that we get to your questions. So please feel free to uh, ask questions as we go along and then we'll address those towards the end. But for now, I'm going to pass it over to Stuart to get started. Stuart, Great. the floor um, is yours. <laughs> Thank you. And hey, everybody, I'm really excited to be here, as I mentioned a minute ago. My style is when I speak, some of you may have seen me speak at different venues, I tend to go really fast. I like to give as much information as I possibly can. So it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. Uh, Aaron and I both have a lot of um, subject matters today. Um, so I think you'll find this interesting. Um, first step is, if I can move the slide here is to keep in mind that, you know, we are living through a historic pandemic. Um, and so the, um, I wanna give a thank you to, or shout out to the caregivers on the front lines here today. Um, you know, one of the things, we have to acknowledge this, one of the things we're gonna talk about today is to acknowledge really when your communications, where we are. And, um, you know, we have caregivers in the front lines out there. We have people who are working hard to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Uh, one of the common themes I'll talk about today is to stay at home right? Because that's uh, more than a hashtag. We were literally trying to save some lives. Um, one of the things that I'd like to talk about too is that um, how we act today will be remembered tomorrow. And um, so meaning that we're working together to um, create marketing plans. We're uh, trying to communicate to the community out there. And one of the things that I like to talk about, and we'll talk about a bit more later is that, you know, even if you're staying at home, you know, it's funny for me sitting at home uh, thinking like, well, geez, I don't feel like I'm on the front lines with the doctors. But the reality is, is that we're trying to get the word out and help uh, for the common good. Marketing today in the real sense is for the common good today. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we can get the message out. There are still people, um, you know, we just saw something in the news the other day about a governor didn't really realize that the coronavirus is transmittable before symptoms happen. So. I would argue that this is our chance to not only do a good job for our various institutions, but to really help the public and keep that in mind as we go forward here. So we know today that um, it's amazing what's going on here. We see that um, the headlines just seem to be more and more depressing. Uh, some of the recent ones, models predicting spread of virus is a grim picture according to the New York Times. This is like two days ago, by the way. More than 75% of all Americans have been ordered to stay home. Social distancing appears to be slowing the spread, which is good news. That's great, but the crisis won't be over soon. The Dow has dropped 410 points, uh, down 23%, the worst quarter ever. We just lost my screen, where'd it go? Um, coronavirus job losses could total 47 million. Um, it's just amazing. Unemployment could be 32%. This is coming from a superheated economy where a couple of months ago, it was, you know, what, two or 3% unemployment. Uh, one bit of note of good news for the small business owners out there, the feds are um, part of the new CARES package, the $2 trillion stimulus. 
is hundreds of millions of dollars for small business owners. They can, for forgivable loans to help uh, cover salaries over a couple months. And you can certainly look that up. And I should mention after the webinar, uh, we will be sending out um, the deck and the video and there will be links. There's lots of information we can point you to. So anyway, so that's our environment. I think it's really important to recognize that this is our environment. I mentioned a minute ago how things are changing so quickly. Um, this is an amazing, um, trying to prepare for today. Um, the, uh, uh, how much the news has changed. If you look back just a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, people are still largely in denial. And this is as of the latest date I could find was March 20th through 22nd. You'd probably see a bunch of 90s that, uh, there for avoiding events, avoiding traveling, avoiding small gatherings, stocking up on food. So it's amazing how quickly and really historic how things are changing so quickly here. The, um, uh, so again, some recent data. I'm big on data. Hopefully you are as well. Um, up to 70%. A couple, a couple of days ago, it was 40% said they were delaying major purchases. Now it's up to 70. Um, however, uh, you know, great challenges can create great opportunities sometimes from a marketing point of view. So we're seeing today, and this is something that we're seeing a lot on our side, that, um, and I see this data everywhere, 95% of global consumers are saying they're spending more time with in-home media consumption. That's of course not surprising. And the fact that they're watching more news coverage isn't surprising. One of the benefits, again, as terrible as this crisis is, uh, there are some silver linings. Like I, for myself, am spending more time with my family. I have a teenage, a uh, couple daughters, one of them's a teenager and we're just having some excellent family time because we're always so busy. And I think it's important to recognize present moment, not just with yourselves, but in your communications. And it is a different um, time. Uh, what's amazing is streaming, not just Netflix, which is uh, not a lot of commercial opportunity there, but just streaming TV and streaming radio. I'll talk about this more later. From a marketing point of view, creates some unprecedented opportunities. Um, people are spending more time on social media, again, not surprisingly, but these are all opportunities. And we were talking before we got started here about how things are changing forever. So, you know, Zoom is people using video conferences that unlikely we're going to go back to the way we were before. Telemedicine. Um, I recently saw a, um, whoops, um, not sure where that happened. Um, the um, telemedicine, you know, took some hospital systems years to begin an experiment. Over the last couple of weeks, they've embraced it fully and figured out how to do it. Um, so the world has changed, and uh, I've talked to my creative director about this and uh, our team. And uh, by the way, a lot of these um, things I'm going to share today are insights from my team. So a lot of this is obviously things that I've observed, but I want to make sure I got the team into this as well, people that are dealing with this every day. And so the first thing I mentioned kind of at the opening is, I think it's really important to acknowledge the current situation. Um, what it adds that if we don't, it's almost hard to have almost any conversation without discussing this. And that's okay. It's, it's really important to be transparent. Um, you're seeing this beginning to happen with broadcast TV. Any ad that has pictures of large hand, uh, large crowds, handshakes, big parties, look just out of touch. And I think the public understands that, you know, commercials like that were creative in advance, but the more you can be transparent, the more you can feel up to date, uh, the better. It's also, and I think people are, uh, most marketers are aware of this, but it's really important to not look uh, exploitative and um, just be careful of that because the, um, it is possible to do that. Um, make sure that you don't have any mess, unintended messages. This is particularly true if you have lots of things going on, you know, I'm dying to see you or uh, talking about computer viruses obviously will have a whole new meaning today if we are um, not careful. And then um, have empathy. This is really, really important. I talked to my uh, creative director, uh, Dana, about this yesterday. And Dana's worked in a lot of pharma campaigns and she was actually in the process of writing a campaign now talking about people with rare diseases and going through various states of grief. And we're both remarking how people we know are grieving. Employees of ours are grieving. Clients are grieving. And nobody, I really don't see people talking about that very much, but we have to recognize that empathy, if there was ever a time for grief or empathy in our messaging and the way we talk to people and the way we communicate with people, everybody's stressed out. 
but just as human beings, we want to have empathy. I shared this uh, screenshot. This is just happens to be one of a um, Verizon commercial I saw that piqued my interest. I also have another one on um, uh, Las Vegas. Um, and I'll share some others on Twitter. Uh, by the way, uh, my Twitter handle is at Stuart Gandalf. And right now, as you're live tweeting through this uh, webinar, um, we just chose the hashtag healthcare marketing. So if you have things to tweet, um, hopefully, Kayla, you can watch that while I'm presenting to see if there's anything to respond to on Twitter. But the um, healthcare marketing is our hashtag. But going back to what I was saying, again, there are some examples of commercials that are out there. I'll try to tweet and share things that I like, and there's certainly a lot of um, updates that we are all seeing today. So one of the big questions, and by the title of our webinar, is, um, you know, should we pause? Should we run straight forward? Should we stop? And I just narrow it down to this. We have conversations. We have about 80 clients with our firm and every single one we're talking to. And the first question that comes up from a lot of them is, well, in light of what's going on, should we just stop marketing? Should we just stop marketing? Should and our answer to that is no, but it might sense to make sense to stop advertising. And let me explain what that means. So I definitely don't think marketing uh, stopping is a good idea for virtually anybody, but advertising may, and we'll talk about what that looks like in a few minutes. Um, just for those of you, I know we have a lot of marketing people here. We probably have some executives that are not marketers like CEOs or operating people and certainly have some doctors. Just as a reminder, you know, you can talk about the four piece of marketing, the seven piece of marketing, the 11. When I do my seminars, we teach seven. And just as a reminder, when we talk about marketing is not the same thing as advertising. Advertising is a small subset of one of the P's of marketing. So advertising is certainly important. It's the sexy stuff that everybody focuses in on, but marketing is much broader than just advertising. So I mentioned a moment ago, um, you know, with every crisis, um, sometimes there's opportunities, right? And I think it was Rahm Emanuel said, never waste a good crisis. And so certainly, again, I don't want to in any way uh, underestimate the human toll of this. I mean, people are dying. It can't be any more serious. So um, with that in mind, though, a lot of us still have to you know, do our jobs to inform the community to um, help people in any way we can. So it's really, really important. So what can we do? Well, one of the first things to keep in mind is many people are freezing. They're doing nothing. So if you're in a competitive specialty or a competitive hospital or a competitive drug, um, you know, a lot of people are just running for the hills and pausing and doing nothing. And uh, I would argue strongly that that's probably not the best strategy. I would say that uh, almost in any event, assuming you're going to stay in business, which hopefully most of us are, um, the, the job is to prepare for the future because eventually COVID-19 will recede, right? There's drugs they're testing now. Hopefully they find a breakthrough that can help us until a vaccine is available in a year, year and a half. But, and then hopefully it won't drag on for months and months. We'll see. But in any event, uh, we want to prepare because once this finally does, the smoke does clear, uh, there'll be tremendous opportunity for new leaders to emerge and also, um, be visible. So even if you're not looking to attract patients in this environment, there are things you could do. Certainly you could um, continue your branding, right? So if you're a hospital, for example, you don't want to disappear in the community, you could do um, you know, ongoing branding kinds of messaging. Uh, you could also work at just at the core. If you're not advertising or doing anything at all, you could be doing marketing planning, uh, you could be doing brand strategy and development. You know, you've always thought about your brand. You've always wondered where it's off. I would, again, argue strongly this is a time to look at this. Creative work. Um, for example, a lot of clients and, you know, people that I meet are really dissatisfied with where their website has become. They feel like there's changes they've been trying to make or video content. They want to create a new content strategy. And just a little transparency here on our side. Our company has grown tremendously over the last three or four years. Um, the website, our own website, we're usually focused on client stuff. This is a pretty common issue with agencies. Um, you know, we've been working on it, but it hasn't had that kind of energy that we would like. And today is a fantastic time. So over the next three months, we're aggressively working on our own website as well as our clients to represent better who we are today than we were when the website was launched a few years ago. So these are the kinds of things to start thinking. Where can you do um, take effort? Just as an administrative thing, I was talking to my managing director today 
all that HR training that we've been trying to get around to. Um, this is a good time, continuing ed. Strengthening your employee communications. A lot of you are in larger institutions that may have thousands of employees. Um, they, people are begging for leadership and guidance today. SEO, right now my uh, SEO had uh, urged me to tell you a 15 second message there. Right now there's massive things you can do with enterprise SEO, particularly with schema, if those of you that know what that means. Um, is kind of the infrastructure to, to help the machines learn the meaning and the context behind what's on the page. These are tremendous times. We're working a lot with clients on that and organic. Aaron and his team will talk about that a little bit later. One of the things I'd mentioned earlier is we can um, use social media. And again, Aaron will talk about the organic stuff in a few minutes, but to really work on growing our own reputation and, but even save lives. My last blog post, and we have, by the way, I should welcome, we have about half the audience are my readers and a half are um, uh, coming from Binary Fountain. So those that are my readers may recognize. My last blog post mentioned that the Surgeon General of the U.S. Um, came out about social distancing. And because of the way CDC had communicated in the early days, a lot of millennials and Gen Zs famously thought they were immune and it's no big deal to go partying on spring break. So the Surgeon General called upon Kylie Jenner to go out there and say, hey, tell you know, millennials and younger Americans that this is for real. And she did, and a couple hours, he did this from the platform of Good Morning America. A couple of hours later, Kylie came out and went out to her four million followers on Instagram. So my argument here is, I think it's fantastic that Kylie Jenner um, you know, used her clout with uh, millennials and younger Americans to get the word out about social distancing. But I would argue anybody in healthcare has a responsibility, not from a marketing and making more money point of view, but you know, on my own social media, I tweet about this stuff, on our own uh, advertising. So to either organically, simple, you know, independent private practice doctors can simply put up a notice about COVID on their Facebook page and other patients. Um, so I think it's a fantastic opportunity to, you know, just for the common good, promote social distancing. Um, help people who think they may have the virus. Again, you know, the CDC is one voice in the wind. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Certainly we want you as providers to put out accurate information to help uh, people understand that, you know, uh, for example, people could be contagious before they show up with symptoms. Wellness tips, um, a lot of doctors, a lot of hospitals are providing wellness tips. We'll talk about that in a minute talking and making sure the public knows you're taking proper security, I'm sorry, safety precautions, asking or answering frequently asked questions, um, notices on your websites, all these things are things for the common good. Again, not just from a marketing point of view or business development. Um, so I would argue, get the word out. Everybody on this uh, community, you have people that you're influencing personally. Um, you know, we uh, went virtual within uh, way ahead of the curve. A friend of mine's a neuroscientist who sent me out uh, information on neuro or social distancing early, we, we took action immediately. And I just think that's the spirit of what we all have to do today. So let's say that now I mentioned advertising earlier because we're going to talk about advertising. Does it make sense for you now? And here's how to help you think that through because everybody's different. Yes, I would argue that it may make sense for you if, number one, you are in the position to position yourself as a community thought leader and you feel like your role is to help educate the public during the COVID crisis. So certainly pharmaceuticals, health plans, hospitals may find themselves in that category. Maybe even forward-thinking private practices, depending on the size and philosophy and specialty. Um, so beyond the free social media stuff, but advertising can make sense there. If you're looking to build your brand for the long term and capitalize on the competitor's absence, another advantage. And of course, advertising costs money. So if you have a budget that you can apply to this, again, if you're a small independent practice just trying to keep the lights on and you're shut down, then maybe it's not possible, but that's not everybody. So on the, flip, on the converse, when should you not probably advertise? Um, well, if you're in the situation where it has to be direct response advertising, where every dollar must bring an immediate trackable ROI, uh, maybe you're an elective business, that's closed, right? The Surgeon General asks you to close, the MA asks you to close. So if you're closed, um, that may not be as valuable for you, or again, obviously, if you're struggling. But I do want to make the point that advertising can make a lot of sense, and we're going to talk about that. So I want to share some insights for the rest of my time with you today. Um, 
these again from my team on the digital team. Uh, I asked them because they're on this every day. Obviously, I'm looking at the big picture, but they're watching this stuff daily for our clients. And here's some of the insights we've noticed. Number one, um, some specialties are actually seeing increased traction, increased click-through rates, and increased, increased inquiries or lead conversions. Urgent care, not surprisingly, and primary care, maybe not surprisingly. Uh, people are looking for alternatives. We have a um, integrative medicine primary care doctor who's uh, seeing tremendous uh, 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 opportunity because people are looking for things like wellness and boosting your immune system. Um, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Addiction. Right now, uh, I just saw something I tweeted yesterday or the day before that alcohol sales are booming. They're up 50%. Again, it's not surprising. Um, and, you know, just watching be people's behavior, again, have empathy. Um, you know, I've been on a couple of, you know, you've heard of these virtual cocktail hours. Some people are drinking too much and you can just see it. So uh, we have a number of addiction clients. There are people out there that are addicts uh, that are at home. Uh, they are hurting. And so some of these specialties are seeing great big increases in interest. Um, other uh, essential categories are holding strong, like cancer-related searches. And not surprisingly, elective-based surgeries, for example, vein surgeries, uh, some of those are down in terms of inquiries, not necessarily clicks. A lot of people we are finding are home, they're clicking on those paid ads, but they may not be actually inquiring. Um, so again, these are each, if you know a practice or a hospital, you know a hospital or practice, you need to really manage actively your campaign. I mentioned earlier, preventative care kinds of terms are big, boosting immune system. Um, we are predicting, we're seeing a little bit of cost decreases uh, for the cost per click if you're no pay-per-click. Um, and, um, but uh, we expect that to continue as competitors flee the market. So recommendations going forward, if for your paid search campaigns in particular, um, and I have Google ads up here, it could be Google, it could be Bing, it could be you know, a variety of different things, but those networks are obviously the big ones. Number one, make sure your ads read appropriate for a new app reality, just like we've talked about earlier with general creative direction. You want to monitor keyword searches and campaign results continue, or consumer behavior continues to change. Be ready to pivot. Um, make adjustments to keywords and landing pages and websites as appropriate. Recognize we want to avoid trying to capitalize on COVID. Um, new opportunities like telemedicine. We're doing a new blog post next week with our blog about the marketing opportunities with telemedicine televisitation for addiction centers or SNFs, uh, free transportation. Think a little bigger. What can you do that you never did before? Another thing to do is think through not just paid, paid search, but display advertising, native advertising on Yahoo, YouTube, as people are spending more on time, not actively searching. Uh, by the way, Google is also going to be throwing out some credits to people that have been advertising since last year. Uh, they'll be rolling those out. They're not very specific on that, but that's a little bit of relief to people that have been advertising with them for a while. If you're interested in search terms, there's a plethora of information out there. You can just Google um, Google Trends Coronavirus Search Terms and see what people are searching for on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. This changes constantly. Just some sort of free value added. I think you'll find that interesting. Um, Facebook is not alone on this. Facebook is... Um, uh, we are not seeing, interestingly, again, we work with lots of different clients with different specialties. We're not seeing a big drop-off in click-through rates or conversions at this stage across most of our campaigns. Again, it varies a little bit. With addiction, uh, is, again, it's just such a great example because it is relevant right now. Keep in mind we want to be um, emotional appropriately for the particular world that we're in. You can consider Facebook Live or promote various events. We're going to share some examples of that in just a moment. Um, you can, uh, later, I think one of our, um, pharma specialists came up with such a great idea of mentioning that we should be thinking through how to promote, um, you know, our community actions or our everyday heroes, especially for the providers. It's a little early, but think about that as you begin planning. Again, Facebook is also considering, a, these, there's no details on any of this stuff currently, but they'll probably be providing some, um, rebates or something to small businesses as well. Everything is shutting down here. So again, if you can uh, hang in there, there's some opportunities. Um, something I want to share, my social media, head of paid social media is so excited about this. Um, Facebook Messenger now essentially has a program uh, like bots. Any of you who have seen chat bots, 
And so these are real life bots. This happens to be for one of our recovery clients. I uh, blocked out the names and phone numbers and uh, hid this obviously. But, um, you know, so you provide, people have a chance that says here to start a confidential message. And then the bot will come back and say, you know, give a couple of different options you can dictate. And people feel like they're talking to a real human. You can control the conversation. And we're finding that we're getting tons of inquiries this way. Um, the nature of it for right now, and this is, Facebook always comes up with new formats. This just happens to be one of our favorites. Um, just showing a little secret we're seeing tremendous success with early on. This is brand new. Another thing that's cool about this is we're able to share social endorsements. Um, this is an example of a real life patient. Again, we blocked out the name, even though it's on a public space, um, of you know, and interacting with the uh, addiction treatment center. Um, so these things are very, very powerful. Another thing we're doing with another client right now is we're promoting webinars. Uh, we're not seeing patients live. So again, if you're able to stay in the marketplace, instead of doing dinner seminars, this is a fantastic time if you have some marketing budget to test, track, to finally get around to it. And I would argue this is um, some terrific opportunities here today. The, um, I alluded to earlier, OT, um, and some of our, I recognize that some of our audience listeners are very, very sophisticated, do programmatic, understand what OTT and CTV are. Others are maybe you know, uh, much further down the marketing continuum in terms of experience with it. But just this slide here um, from Comscore underscores what I described earlier. Um, and you've got the URL there. If you're interested, you can go to that page yourself. This was a screenshot from yesterday. OTT means over the top or connected TV. So things like, um, for example, Hulu um, streaming and those kinds of platforms where you can do advertising through Apple TV or Amazon Fire or through smart TVs is um, just exploding. Viewership is up in record numbers. Um, TV viewing overall on broadcast, record numbers. Um, streaming, record numbers. Behavior changing daily. Again, you have to be paying attention here if you want to capitalize on this. And I know if you're a provider and you're just trying to take care of patients, you have challenges. But again, from a marketing standpoint, uh, it's very, um, you know, despite the stuff that we're all scared, uh, has some tremendous opportunity. My team is working harder than ever currently on these kinds of opportunities. This is coming, came to us, was shared with us from our reps at iHeartRadio. Um, this is a Nielsen study a couple of days ago um, showing that people are no longer commuting, so they're not in a car. Um, so streaming radio is taking off. Uh, interestingly, um, a couple of days later, this is an email I got, uh, the work from home playlist, um, work playlist, and, they, and it's funny, I love this programmatic um, buying and or programmatic uh, uh, artificial intelligence. They know I like chill. So anybody who wants to <laughs> I listen to chill a lot. And so they not only came up with a work from home playlist, but they targeted me with the kind of stuff that I might be interested in. Although that was a big miss with me on country. But the, um, so personalized email, uh, our rep told us that uh, new subscribers to work, um, iHeart are up by 20% plus um, over recent days. So my media guru expert, Charlie, uh, I asked him for some tips and I thought this would be really intriguing to you. So right now I would, we'd argue, I asked Charlie when I spoke to him to prepare for this, he and I always agree on this kind of stuff. Streaming radio and television are our favorite opportunities. As uh, uh, we say for billboards and print, not so much. Print's slowly dying and billboards, nobody's driving. So our, if you're going to do advertising, these are some of our favorite things. Um, the, um, interestingly, and this is another insight I think will be helpful, that we just said that viewership is up and listenership is up, but advertisers are fleeing the marketplace uh, due to COVID. There's the Cancel Olympics, fewer political ads. So it's a very strange time that you have more viewership and listenership than ever and declining rates. Now remember with broadcast in particular, um, that's is dead space. It's gone forever. It's like a little revenue is better than no revenue because if it's dead space, it's dead space. That's why broadcast is often negotiable. Um, those of you that are um, more experienced marketers know broadcast is very, very powerful. Uh, less sophisticated advertisers often go with the newspaper, but broadcast can be super powerful and it can be negotiable. The um, keep again, we talked about the ads create positive messaging and, um, 
again, to the community, I think is a good thing. Just you have to acknowledge where we are. Um, if you have an agency, um, hopefully, or media buyer, or whoever it is, um, this is a time to cash in those relationships with your media uh, reps. Um, our Charlie knows, has worked in 200 of 210 DMAs in America. His knowledge is insane in terms of, he knows what bus benches are out in front of a train station in you know, some rural town in New Jersey. Um, so he has relationships nationwide. And so for our own clients, you know, he's been going back and saying, hey, um, you know, they want to pull out of the market, help me convince them to stay in a list a little bit. And, you know, I would recommend you do the same. You know, you have relationships with your media, hopefully, ask them. Um, they're a lot more willing to help right now. So just two anecdotes that are inspiring. I'm not saying grind your media reps, but look for a win-win. So Charlie, if one of our big clients in Chicago was able to negotiate um, 80 free community-oriented radios, community-oriented radio spots, while also changing our mix to streaming. So big, big um, change in the buy there. And in Texas, where Charlie's buying from one of our multi-location practices, uh, was able to move uh, budget to TV, because uh, we all agreed that going from radio to TV was an idea. So the radio rep provided us 180 free spots across three stations, and that was free. Um, as a measure of goodwill, you know, again, the broadcast stations are, everybody's hurting right now. You know, they used to say back in the depression, things are tough all over. If you market, it'd be hard to do this if you're just coming in today. But if you've been in the market, I encourage you to negotiate with your reps. I'm going to turn the ball over to Aaron here, I think is my last slide. Uh, again, if you're interested, because I know some of you may have to run, you can, uh, I'll, we'll be sending the uh, deck to you afterwards. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just at Stuart Gandalf. It's simple, and we'll provide you contact data later. Data later. Aaron? Hey, thanks, Stuart, and just such great content and great information. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, right now, Stuart, while I've got you and some of your content, there was a lot of engagement and questions, so do you mind just answering a couple of questions related to your content um, real quick? Sure. Go ahead. All right. So one question was, with more people watching news and TV, would you recommend television perhaps over social media? Or is it a both and? Or what's your recommendation there? You know, it is, that's a great question. Here's the deal. In our experience, that is now both. Um, one of the things we write about a lot, and it's funny, we did a, a, a funny little uh, video with my head of digital advertising and my uh, head of external advertising literally punching each other you know, for the webinar. Um, you can see that if you care. But the point of that video was that people are doing both. They're, you know, everybody's multitasking. They're watching TV and they've got their iPad or phone in front of them. So I don't know if it's necessarily either or. It's like we let, try to do it integrated. We see, for example, one of our clients uh, is an addiction center that hates to put phone numbers on its ads. They just feel like they don't want to look too salesy. And so what we see is when we're on radio or on TV with them that their website just explodes. Uh, with activity. So it's, that's really, we mentioned earlier, integrated campaign. Um, with our agency, we really are. I love digital. I created this agency back when we first started online with digital strategies, but it really is integrated. I would try to do both. Good. All right. Thank you. It's helpful. A couple more uh, while we got you. So in reference to the Facebook Messenger slide, uh, are these Facebook Messenger ads or comments, are they considered HIPAA compliant? Um, they are, yes, you set it up right. So I'm not an expert on this. I'm not giving legal advice. Let's start by there. But remember, these are private messages uh, that are coming from Facebook to the provider and it's a bot. So um, I would say, you know, obviously take a look at your own attorney, but our team has felt comfortable using them. These is brand new technology. Um, so I would do your own research, but so far we're comfortable. Good. All right. Thank you. And then um, someone was asking about the webinars and what the success has been or attendance. Um, what are you seeing there? Okay, great. So it's another great question. You know, it's like the one I just showed as an example. Um, he's gotten, I don't know, I think she said after the first day or two, five registrants. So not hundreds, not thousands. But I would have, you know, depends on the topic too. Uh, but the thing about, keep in mind, one thing I didn't share very well that's important. Uh, for the 
listeners who are um, not as familiar with paid social. With organic social, which I love, and we're going to talk about in a minute here, um, you're reaching your followers. These are people that are already following you. And the, uh, you know, in, even then, oftentimes you're getting just a small percentage of the followers who ever see your ads. With paid social, you can reach tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, and it's a really good value cost-wise. So you can hit a far broader audience. So I think the capability and, and uh, uh, success of that will be based upon how good your offer is and especially how compelling your topic is. Like right now I'm seeing, you know, we have hundreds of people viewing in on this uh, webinar, which is exciting. We had even hundreds more register, which you probably want to get the recording. And the reason is, like, well, I like to think it's because you and I, Aaron, are so good looking and smart. I think it's really, <laughs> yeah. I really think it's because the topic is, um, you know, so timely. So I feel like the right content, the right timely content is everything, the right offer. So we are seeing, and this is brand new, you know, we, this would be very difficult to talk a client into this previously. And again, I would just say, for our listeners, whether you're with agencies or whether you're with you know, hospitals or whatever, this is a great chance to try things um, uh, that you wouldn't have gotten around to before. And this is how breakthroughs happen. Great, great point. Uh, thank you, Stuart. And there's, please keep asking questions and we'll uh, have a time at the end of the webinar to go through a number more. So thank you for answering this. I'm happy to help. I'm going to blast with this. This is great. So, um, okay, and then, good. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm, a lot of my content is going to dovetail into what Stuart covered. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Binary Fountain is a customer experience platform, and we help uh, healthcare systems, a number of different industries. We have a large contingent in the healthcare space um, with large enterprises down to large medical groups and uh, midsize and even down to small smaller clinics. So uh, we analyze a lot of online data. We analyze a lot of first party surveys, um, patient satisfaction surveys, and uh, we get a lot of intel. And so we're helping businesses not only manage all of their listings on the third party platforms like Google My Business and Facebook and, um, and Vitals and Health Series and getting all of their information uh, accurate, but then also monitoring their reputation online. So what we did is a little study, and we're doing this study weekly, uh, just in looking at all of the mentions per platform uh, where COVID-19 and related terms are being mentioned in the uh, frequency and quantity. So what we're seeing is um, right now Twitter is exploding, and this is related to our brands and the mentions with these terms in relation to our brands. And we cover about over 250 clients, um, and again, often they are have hundreds of locations and cover hundreds of uh, providers. And so we're seeing a lot of activity there. Um, of course, we're seeing a lot of information in um, surveys, but then Facebook is number two to Twitter. But in terms of mentions, Twitter is, is just dominating there with regards to the brands. There's a lot of questions there. People are getting uh, answers in some cases, not getting answers in others. Um, but we are encouraging clients to manage and you know, make sure that you are have a pretty good strategy for each one of these platforms, as it's mentioned, but also spending time where the uh, most questions and activity uh, is happening. So there goes Twitter, Facebook, Google, you'd expect to be a lot higher, but since Google had suspended their reviews, um, their numbers aren't as high. And so we were seeing quite a bit of lift. Oops. Sorry, well, my watch is going crazy now. Uh, technology. Um, but we are seeing Google start to increase, and then there was that freeze and uh, not as many reviews there. So it's kind of interesting, and you guys may be seeing that as well. Um, so some of the best practices that we're seeing on social media, um, you're, we're seeing a lot of activity and good brand promotion on various social media platforms. Um, the folks in giving information, helping their patients and the consumers and also employees get most up-to-date information. Um, many of them answering questions and linking over to their own website where there's valuable information. I know, I'm sure many of you on this call have been doing that as well. Um, you'll see the engagement there. There's 
um, when there's questions, being timely to answer, um, making sure that you're dispelling disinformation uh, in health systems, communities, and providers. Physicians are so important in this particular space right now where there's so many different rumors and just so much coming at patients and they're looking for trusted resources and are seeing that the providers are filling an incredible void right now when they are able to answer those questions. On Twitter, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of, at times, I've seen some angry posts and some definitely the misinformation and rumors and um, just some the wild, wild west that sometimes Twitter is. And our recommendation is not necessarily to answer every single one of those. Um, you can't, you don't have enough resources. There's not enough time. But there's definitely, when there is an opportunity to answer a question directly or direct that um, commenter, reviewer, poster to correct information on your own website or social channel, um, we're seeing a lot of customers having success there and uh, a large click-through rate as well going to their own content uh, with the correct information. So, you know, make sure that you're responding to those questions calmly in a transparent manner, um, but also you're not having to answer every single person that's out there either with relation to your brand. It's just too much. Um, where you can take those uh, comments, whether it's on a review platform, on a Facebook post or in Twitter, taking those offline. Uh, right now, the challenge is we know there are uh, not a lot of resources <laughs> offline to handle the calls that are coming in. So I say only take it offline right now if you have somebody who's going to pick up the phone and uh, an actual human being to answer those questions. If not, it may be a, a bad patient experience or a bad brand experience. Um, so be careful. You know, prior to COVID-19, I'm, I'm saying for the most part, when you can't resolve something online, almost always take it offline. But right now things are different and resources are scarce at uh, many of these provider locations and systems. So uh, you guys make that call when you can and when it makes sense, take it offline, but only if there's a human being to answer. Um, next, uh, seeing content recommendations, you know, making sure that you're creating content that answers all the questions um, or potential questions that you know about is extremely helpful. So I referenced this earlier uh, just in terms of all of the different misinformation uh, but, you know, we're seeing our customers creating pages and um, locations on their own website and social channels that are answering frequently asked questions. And I recommended this, too, for those that even though Google, your patients and their family members and consumers aren't able to post questions right now to your Google My Business page, you can anticipate what some of those questions are and do a Google post related to COVID. And Google is prioritizing those on the Google My Business page. So there's a real opportunity there to provide information in Google My Business and Google My Business posts uh, to create content for that particular channel and then link it back to your own website with the uh, information and frequently asked questions. Um, you know, Revive Health, they did a survey last week, and I encourage uh, everybody to look at Revive Health survey and study, but they showed that local healthcare experts are trusted 86%, um, 86% of the respondents said they trusted local health experts um, with regards to coronavirus information. Massive opportunity if you're a marketer and you're a content uh, producer for your facility, for your system. Now is the time to engage your physicians uh, and I know they, the front lines are so inundated and they are swamped. And uh, like Stuart said, just so appreciate everything that they're doing in the communities. But if there's an opportunity, if you have some physicians that may not be uh, on the front lines and they may not have the patient volume um, that they normally have, right now might be a good time to engage them to see if you can get some video content and ask them, maybe do an interview and produce some blogs that are helpful, that are providing relevant and good information. Um, 
you know, if posting information, if there's a need for supplies, and uh, we know across the country there's different hotspots and um, there are different needs, and definitely from health system to health system, the needs vary a little bit. But if there are needs, it might be appropriate to be posting some of those uh, that information on your social channels and on your own website. And then, um, you know, what's interesting is uh, I'm sure many of you follow uh, what Cleveland Clinic does. They do such an amazing job with health content and with just all the way around in marketing. Um, but you know, Amanda Tortovich on Twitter uh, the other day mentioned that the health essentials portion on their site, their health essential site, they had over 11 million sessions in March. Uh, and quoting her, that's 3 million higher than the previous month's traffic. Um, so, you know, we're, we are all not going to be Cleveland Clinic. And uh, it was something when I was at HCA, we aspired to, oh, man, we wanted to be, have all the content that they had. But in your corner of the world and where you're at, it might be a good opportunity to start creating some content uh, relevant to COVID and on a consistent basis and um, where it is helpful and providing value. You can start small. Uh, it doesn't have to be health essentials. That's pretty aspirational, but um, you can start where you're at. Your community wants to hear from you for sure. Um, and then a recommending from a consistency in communications on all of the various channels. Um, you know, sometimes in some companies, social is not managed by the same people who manage the digital content and these contents. There's two silos. I've seen that a number of times, but um, there is an opportunity to make sure that you are lockstep, your content team is fueling the same information to both social and to the digital teams that are posting, making updates on the website. Really important. It sounds common sense, but you'd be surprised that some of the things that we've seen that were not necessarily congruent. Um, there are customers here that are doing a great job uh, of this and making sure everything is just lockstep with their digital channels, um, with their social and with their own website. And then uh, obviously in phone, their call centers, everyone's operating from some the same playbook. Really important there. Um, so demand generation versus uh, providing information. I mean, this is shows just week to week um, the amount. So it's not apparent here, but uh, completely. But this was in nine days. We saw COVID go up uh, just double uh, from the week of uh, March 22nd to March 31st, we saw a massive increase in what people are talking about online and um, with regards to COVID. So really important to, you know, all of the effort right now in responding and putting out good information related to COVID. Don't lose sight that uh, there will be a day and we don't know when, obviously, but uh, there will be a time where demand generation comes in really strong. And there is some demand generation, obviously, right now for telemedicine. We're seeing that. And um, so there is opportunity if you have those services and capabilities to be uh, making sure that you're not ignoring that piece of demand generation for your clinics and for your providers. But, um, you know, there will be a day where this will be over. And so there is an opportunity right now to uh, look at what does uh, 60 or 90 days from now look like and what are those activities and what are the demand generation activities going to happen that are outside of COVID. Uh, finally, on listings management. So this has been a really incredible um, time in the listings management space as far as the volume and the changes, the temporary closures and the, um, the updates to hours and um, the changes that the platforms have made. So you um, you know, it's really important, just we're seeing a 60% increase in just the Google My Business call volume right now. Um, Google released a new, or not Google, but uh, schema.org released, and Stuart mentioned this, they re released a new schema type uh, for the COVID-19 uh, specific items. So if you uh, have not checked that out, look at schema.org and the new COVID-19 specifications and if possible implement those on your site to make sure that your content is structured appropriately so people can find and get answers uh, their questions answered really important there um, but you know if there's been a change in hours or service 
suspensions or revised contact information, uh, Google is providing more priority for health systems. So it's, it's still, you know, at times tough, but please update all of your Google My Business pages, of course, all of your other uh, third-party directories as well if you've not done that. Very important. And we've been uh, posting articles on how to do this, what to update. Go to binaryfountain.com. At the top, there's a COVID area you can click on. We've published a number of blogs, and then we've had webinars in the past that cover some of these items as well. So Google temporarily suspending reviews, as I mentioned, along with the Google Q&A. Um, there's, uh, there, they will be, uh, now if you post before it was the posters who were leaving reviews, didn't know that their reviews were not being posted, but now Google is, um, saying that, Hey, this is temporarily disabled, uh, indicating that there will be a time in the future where these posts will be posted. I doubt all posts will be there. Hopefully they will take some of the ones that are, uh, damaging or not accurate with regards to the health system. Hopefully they won't let those post, but uh, those are coming soon too. Um, the business Google descriptions, Google recommends adding information about um, any extra precautions, putting those in the Google descriptions. And then they're um, temporarily allowing for small edits to your business name when it's applicable. So testing centers, virtual visits, appointments only, uh, drive-through, curbside pickup, you know, those things, they're allowing businesses to uh, update their, um, <clears throat> those particular uh, business names where you can make a change so it's apparent to those that are looking on their phone or on a desktop. Um, and then Google Post, I mentioned those earlier, but um, they are being, those are going to be live for 14 days. Um, after you publish them. So that's an extension Google has made in, uh, with, in response to the COVID-19 crisis. And um, regarding Yelp, just touching on them, for those of you who get a number of Yelp reviews, um, they announced a zero tolerance policy for any reviews of a person contacting COVID from a business or its employees. So they're not allowing any of those reviews to go out. Um, you can customize the COVID-19 alert message at the top of your Yelp business page now. So that's something else that they've added. And um, there's going to be more virtual services that they are going to be offering virtual classes, virtual consultations. So if your particular community is a heavy Yelp user with regards to healthcare, some are, some aren't, um, make sure that you're aware of those updates. Um, all right. That was a lot of information squeezed in there. Uh, we have a couple more questions. So um, let me get to those real quick. Um, Stuart, stand by. Sure. My, uh, my Q&A is not showing up exactly, but I got them right here. Um, here's a question. I'm in this medical spa business. What is your feeling about doing virtual consultations and selling gift cards online? Uh, I want to be sensitive not to be asking for money at this time. Stuart, do you want to take that one? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, I think that makes sense. You know, it's funny. Um, my wife and I are joking. A, like, I'm going to look like 70s guy by the time this is over, right? No haircut. I'm gonna look like, I think that's going to come back. <laughs> um, and my wife is complaining, like, my gray hair is beginning to show up underneath my, um, you know, dye. So I haven't seen a real haircut in a long time. So I think that, <laughs> Um, you know, there are, people are still interested in these things. I think the idea of doing it like that, if you're not taking money now or you're um, doing those kinds of consultations, people are bored. I would just experiment with it. I think, again, it's, there's, you can always stop. If you try it and it doesn't work, okay, you tried it and it didn't work. But I, that sounds like a great idea to me. I would try that for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, somebody asked about having a Zoom panel discussion uh, for the public with our providers. Um, I'll take that one and Stuart, you can jump in too, but I think that that's a great opportunity um, where you have influence in your community. I think it's great for the providers. Uh, you know, I've talked to a number of provider friends and they're, they're uncertain right now. They know it's going to come back, but some of them are not working in the ER or in the ICU or, you know, for the health system as far as in. They're waiting for their patients to come back. And so there is some capacity in some areas and, um, 
I think it would be beneficial if you have those providers who are willing and can provide value to your community. It's not only good for the community, um, but it's good for those providers, their own personal brand, and then the brand of the health system. Stuart, yeah. any thoughts on that one? Yeah, for sure. I love it. And I would just think, you know, I'm, I'm a creative guy, right? So this is fun to me. Like what I would do is take that idea and maybe here's a good, hopefully good advice. I expand it. Like what if you created like a regular weekly show? You know, that would be cool. You could have your, you could feature your providers. You could have themes that are topical. Um, and especially if you're like at a hospital or hospital system, it's a great opportunity to highlight, you know, it's funny you mentioned that earlier, Aaron, like where are these you know, because they, they, I'm presuming some of them are probably helping out in the ER and helping out with, you know, handling patients, uh, depending on, you know, obviously it varies a lot, right? New York is overwhelmed. Other states hardly feel anything right now. But the um, idea of taking thought leadership, this really goes back to what I said earlier. It's like, this is an opportunity to truly take thought leadership. And again, what's great about it is it's for the good. You know, we're trying to help people. So there's a double whammy there. And I would just say, if you do this, for sure, the organic channels, but man, that paid social is so great. Uh, Instagram and Facebook combo in particular, we get such fantastic results with those for our clients because um, you can reach people you otherwise wouldn't. So it's a combination of um, paid uh, and organic social to promote that. You know, this opportunity won't happen again. Everybody's home. So yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, great idea. Um, somebody asked about texting versus emailing patients. You know, it's, a lot of that is dictated by your organization or the contact information that you have taken on intake as far as in your registration papers on what you can or cannot and contacting the patients. So every organization is going to be different. Every business is going to be a little bit different. But a lot of that, I would just refer you to your own. What has the patient provided permission or consent to how to be contacted? Um, texting rates, obviously, if you do have permission to contact them through texting, depending on the message and what you're communicating, texting has obviously a higher open rate and a higher click-through rate than email. Um, but, you know, it the, depends on the message is what I would say. Um, there's totally. a, another question. Do you agree, Stuart? Anything yeah, extra to add on that? Absolutely. It, it, texting is so right. intrusive. It's very powerful. You just have to use it correctly. Good. Um, a good question here. How does downstream provider services such as radiology engage with physicians who are moving to telemedicine instead of traditional B2B methods? Um, that's a great question. Stuart, do you want to take that one? You know, it's interesting. It's, um, again, there's opportunities that are surprising. Um, you know, obviously with radiology and radiation oncology, they're not usually the stars of the show. They're usually behind the scenes, but it does vary. You know, like we have, um, uh, just trying to think through how radiology, we could be a radiation oncology and I'll try to think of something for radiation, but we have a, a really, really um, highly prestigious and well-respected radiation oncology group in um, uh, New Jersey. And um, we uh, oftentimes will do, we're, uh, in normal times we do um, paid advertising, paid social for things like prostate cancer and um, you know, radiation for an alternative to most surgery, and it works. So even something like radiation oncology that you wouldn't think would be very consumer direct has opportunity. You know, for now, I get, I feel like any doctor has an opportunity. So if you're looking at radiology or imaging, you know, do we talk about, you know, for example, just making this up, um, we want the uh, our radiology department to be talking about what do we do now that we can't do mammograms, right? So, um, you know, how do you take but one is a mammogram, maybe a routine mammogram doesn't make sense uh, in this environment, but if you feel a lump, then what, how do you really know what that is? So there's an example of some thought leadership you could do. Yeah. Almost any, Very good. that's what's fun about this business is just try to think a little harder and you might find an idea that could be, wow, that's cool. And then you're, you're also engaging your doctors that way. Um, so, um, you know, they can feel heard and feel part of the program. Yeah, great, great. Um, Great. We're going to end on that question. I know we are about to go. We're a little over now, but uh, thank you, Stuart, and thank you all for joining. Um, we will be sure to follow up with those questions we weren't able to answer during the session. So um, we'll send a response there. And if you have any additional questions, I know Stuart and I am available as well. Please feel free to reach out. From all of us at Binary Fountain, we hope you stay well, you stay healthy, 
We're here to help, so please let us know. And I'm sure, Stuart, you all at Healthcare Success feel the same way. Thank you for joining us.